Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Around Leeds, there are rumours of a list that exists deep in one of Victor Orta's many notebooks. On that list, there are a large number of players broken down per position on the football pitch, all of whom are potential replacements who can be brought in at Leeds United should the need arise. Hello and welcome to Orta's List, a new series on All Stats, Aren't We?, which is dedicated to scouting footballers around the world in a bid to create our own version of Victor Orta's List. I'm John McKenzie and I'll be joined throughout this series by All Stats, Aren't We?'s very own Josh Hobbs and Scouted Football and Leeds Live's own, but also a little bit our very own too, Joe Donoghue. Joe, how are you doing? I'm very good, John. Thank you again for having me on. Um, very much enjoyed the last one on left back. So uh, yeah, really, uh, really looking forward to sort of sinking my teeth into this one. Mm. Yeah, and for um, those of you who don't know what we're going to talk about, we are talking about eights who can also play as defensive midfielders. Josh Hobbs, are you excited about the prospect of uh, chatting about midfielders today? Yeah, very much so. A bit more, um, a little bit more glamorous this time than than left backs. As much as as much as I enjoyed uh, last time, I think. There's a little bit more to to get into, uh, such as the nature of the role. Mm. So just to lay out the format of these shows, so you know what you're getting into, we're going to spend the next hour talking about central midfielders. We'll begin by talking briefly about the position itself and what we're looking for from a central midfielder in a Marcelo Bielsa system. And then we'll reveal our four potential targets before profiling each one. We'll end the show by talking valuation and close by picking our best option in the position. And for those of you who are wondering, we're going to be using Five Yards as our platform to scout and buy players. Five Yards is an online transfer market for fans where you can prove you can spot talent. Their prices reflect nicely those of the current market and there's some great scout reports on there too to help inform our decisions. So last time out, we bought uh, Roman Perrault. Great pronunciation there. You nailed that, mate. Do you think? Yeah, I thought, thought so. Yeah, um, it's always, it. always important to pronounce things well. Um, I, think, <laughs> I think we'll all agree. Um, that means that we are left with uh, 80, 82 million for, for the other positions that we're looking at. Um, and we will talk about them from here on in. So let's start off with you, Josh. We want a quick overview of the position itself. 
the um, sort of play that we're looking for. Uh, and then we'll have a little bit of discussion about that, but then we'll just jump in with our players that we've already picked. So, Josh, what are we looking for in this position? I think essentially we want to replace the foreshore profile uh, in the squad. And we know that he's coming back. And that's we're very excited <laughs> that he's coming back. But also, I think we're accepting the fact that uh, he's got a long way to get to the level that he was at before. Uh, he may never reach that. He may not even pl- really play for us again. So that's definitely a hole in our squad. Um, so essentially, that player needs to be comfortable in possession, uh, able to help us control games. Um We've struggled in that sense this season. Our games have been pretty chaotic. Uh, I think Forshaw um, always uh, yeah, helped us uh, sort of control the game by us having the ball <laughs> a bit more rather than constantly just having to win it back all the time. Um, maybe this player uh, play the role that Dallas is currently occupying, uh, but to a higher technical level. Uh, I guess a question for us uh, as we go through this, can we find somebody as mobile as Dallas? I think that that's actually one of the biggest challenges. And the other thing about Forshaw uh, was that he could play a significant amount of minutes uh, at DM uh, if needed. Uh, We know that Phillips gets injuries and suspensions. uh, So, yeah, we've seen Strauch play there like 700 odd minutes this season and then Clicks done a bit there. Shackleton's even done a little bit there. So it's really important that that they can do that uh, that role as well. Uh, and I think we we feel that um, having a player who starts regularly in uh, eight but can drop back into that role if needed seems more the way that Bielsa operates than the idea that we would buy a young backup who doesn't really play that much. Doesn't seem to be his his style. He would rather have a player he could regularly start and move where he needs to. So that's the that's the theory. I'll get to you on this, Joe, quickly because um, Josh has mentioned there that we're looking for someone who can maybe do the Stuart Dallas role, and this is a fairly new role we've seen this season. In previous seasons, because Leeds have controlled the ball so much in the Championship, we've we've sort of had two fairly attacking eights who play in a pretty similar manner even if one of those players may be more naturally attacking than the, than the other but what we've seen this season with Stuart Dallas is is a player who plays a little bit more zonally um, doesn't press as much maybe as we've seen in, in the past um, and yeah is able to drop in alongside help out with build-up as well it's almost like a mobile double pivot with uh, with Calvin Phillips at times um, I'm just wondering uh, about about how you went around looking for for players who who sort of fit that profile and 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 sort of how you see that profile going forward. Do you expect next season for Bielsa to be looking for a direct replacement for that kind of Dallas role with maybe a little bit more of an attacking um, out- outlook in that position, or do you think that Bielsa wants to ideally move to a position where we are controlling games like we were in the Championship, uh, and so he'll want maybe a player who we think of as being a little bit less defensive in that sense and a little bit more attacking. I just just wondered what your take was on that. Um, I mean, it's it's all second guessing, really, isn't it? Up until we we actually find out who the players that Leeds are actually identifying as as potential additions, um, I think 
I mean, we can talk about the Dallas mold all day long, but until Stuart Dallas either breaks or just just drops off a cliff in terms of his form, then I don't really see there's any reason to for him to not be in in the team. So mm. for me, sort of what I was thinking of what we should be looking for was um, I sort of I had a, a bullet point list of the attributes that or, or the particular facets that this this hypothetical player would need and um it was sort of one of positional discipline um you know good pressing intensity not elite level but at a, a decent level um and the the capability to make progressive passes passes into the final third um to have a good diverse range of passing um and 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 can also operate as that auxiliary defender in the defensive third in the same way that that Calvin sometimes does well regularly does um, because obviously we've seen that Pascal Strauch can do that. He is a centre-half. But when it comes to the, the progressive passing, the passes into the final third, that's perhaps where where he's faltered. And, and as a result, Leeds have faltered in build-up uh, in those games where he's had to deputise for Phillips. So I think without sounding crass, it's probably more of a Calvin-click hybrid if there is such a thing, essentially, that, that we should be sort of identifying. Mm. And I think just one more thing to add to that is one of the things I was thinking about in terms of build-up is that we use our eights often to to form a triangle in wide areas as well. Um, so that was another thing that I was just mm-hmm. sort of had at the back of my mind. So, you know, the build-up you see between the fullback and the the wide player, and then one of the eights on either side will push in and help out in that build-up phase. So that's the other thing that I was, I was looking for um, as well. But we don't want to just talk about the theory behind the players. We want to talk about the players themselves. So now is the moment for the the big re- big reveal. The big reveal. So here <laughs> here are the four players that we have selected for for this week's episode. They are no surprises here. Josh Hobbs's favourite footballer of all time, uh, Tan <laughs> Cope Mainers. Um, we've looked also at Lille's Bubakari Sumare. Um, Manuel Locatelli, and we've got an interesting um, option from from the championship in Max Bird as well. So we're going to work our way through these uh, four players, and then at the end we will have a chance to talk a little bit about honourable mentions. We will also talk a little bit about the under-23s potential that we could get get through here as well. But let's begin with you, Josh Hobbs, with um, Tim Copemain as a player who you've had um, uh, sort of an eye on for, for a little while. Uh, we, we Interestingly, we did consider him in the summer as a potential replacement but uh, decided against him um, but you're you're coming back strong on him so talk us through um, Coke Mainers and what you see for, uh, in him as a potential. Yeah I mean it was it's funny uh, that you mentioned about last um, last summer because I think I, I have to say I hadn't really watched him that much uh, when we were linked with him at that point um, but I knew that he was um, a more defensive-minded midfielder, and it was around the time where we were being linked really heavily with Rodrigo de Paul. So it didn't sort of make sense if it seemed to be at that point we were talking about a Pablo replacement, um, and obviously he's not that. But uh, I've watched him uh, intently uh, since then, uh, and I I feel he would be great uh, in this role. Uh, he is the captain. Uh, of of RZ Alkmaar, um, and I think he has been since last season. Joe, you might you might know that uh, better than than me. But he's twenty three, <laughs> and the captain. Joe is our captain's expert. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I just, every, every I, just captain. <laughs> <laughs> I just know that Joe Joe knows a bit about uh, the Eredivisie as, as well. That's that's why I, I, I asked that. But um, he's basically a, a beast uh, of ball progression. Um, he is unreal uh, at those uh, passes dropping into the sort of um, left-back channel. 
he's left-footed, by the way, which I think makes him a makes him a guarantee on Orta's list anyway. Um, but yeah, drops into that left back uh, space and just pings balls over the top. I could see uh, Bamford really thriving uh, on the on those balls running in behind. Rafinha getting in behind as well. Um, he strikes the ball just so true uh, in those uh, those balls over the top and somehow manages to just weight them perfectly. There was a um, assist that he got for uh, Osama Idrissi uh, against Ajax uh, last season where he just pinged it over the, the high line of the Ajax defence and uh, he ran straight onto it and scored. Um, that great ball, stri- ball striking, also incredible for set pieces. Um, that's not necessarily <laughs> what we're sort of looking for here as a top of the list, but something um, something worth mentioning. There's a threat in the box uh, from corners, uh, and I think he would give us additional height defending, <laughs> which we definitely need. Not that <laughs> not that he is really tall, um, but he's physically sort of got a, got a large build. He's strong um, and he's aggressive in the air. Uh, I think. He's he's really natural in uh, Phillips' position, but I think he could um, play in this eight role. Um, RZ sort of play a um, a double pivot uh, at times with him and and Midger. Um, I've probably butchered his name as well now, but um, he he plays a little higher up uh, than Phillips in the single pivot for Leeds, uh, and he is used to receiving the ball from the kind of angles that you would receive the ball uh, as an eight, as well as the angles in build-up uh, as a as a DM. So I feel like that's my starting point on on Cope Mainers, but I know you guys will have some thoughts as well on him. Well, before we get into that, should we read through the... You had an extract from... from I five did yards have an extract. Code. I'll put that on the I screen now. I got it straight so. away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've, I've had an absolute mare there, but yeah. So he's... um highlighted uh as well he's outstanding in the air uh and also that he's got that mix of long and short passes not afraid to take the ball forwards um yeah so getting the same sort of uh thoughts that I, that I was pulling out there mm. yeah and I should say as well um I'll mention this because Joe is involved with scouted this hmm. is their new handbook and in the scouted handbook this time around there's a whole uh profile of of Cope Mainers in there from um, from famous McTominay hater Case von Hemmen. Uh, <laughs> but I, I can only recommend um, Case's piece on Coke Miners mainly because he's not talking about Scott McTominay. But uh, it is a really good piece. It is a really good piece. I really enjoyed it, and uh, yeah. it's a really good overview of his, his abilities there. Um, Joe, I'll come to you. You you will have have uh, seen Coke Miners quite a bit. He's um, uh, obviously one of the the darlings of of the scout scouted um community so uh, what's your general take on on coat mainers yeah very much like him um obviously watched him last night uh for mm-hmm. the dutch under 21s um they drew 1-1 with romania uh and he started the game really well um i thought he was you know keeping the moves ticking and was very neat with his with his passing um but i think there was there was there was a bit of i mean it was probably to do with the dutch uh, structural setup in that four-three-three that they had a bit, a bit of an issue, sort of trying to trying to make those incisive passes. It was kind of down to Noah Lang and, and Cope Miners was probably a bit too deep to to be making those incisive balls. Um, but in terms of h- him as a player, I think he's very much. 
I think his strongest position, I think he's very much a pivot man, much like Phillips. Um, you know, we, we know he's had that experience um, playing as a central defender um, for RZ. And, you know, just on the ball, he just looks like a very steady-handed presence, um, which I think for a player of 22, 23, you don't always get that. Um, he definitely looks a lot older than he is. Um, he plays <laughs> He plays a lot older than he is. Um, mm. And, you know, to, to sort of be watching him at, a, at an under-21 Euros championship is is kind of a bit, are you, is it, are you sure that he's supposed to be there? You know, it's one of those. Um, but, yeah, he's um, he, he's a player that I like. I think in terms of the what Josh was saying about his range of passing, I think that's probably his, one of his, you know, his standout attributes that, for, for example, an, an author's list player we should be looking at because it is varied. Short distance, it's clean, it's crisp, it's usually... It, you know, he doesn't dilly-dally in on the ball. Uh, middle distance, it's, it's pretty good. Um, you know, again, very clean, very crisp. But long range, he has a variety. You know, he can play those balls um, high over the top. He can switch. Um, he can make those line-breaking passes. He, you know, he's he's not... I mean, this isn't a drawback, but he's not sort of as much of an athletic competitor as you might see as a Premier League number eight. Um, so if you were sort of expecting Luke Ayling type lung busting runs from from deep from that left back space that Josh was talking about, then perhaps that's what you're not going to get with Cope Miners. He's much more of a steady, positionally aware presence in 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 that sort of well, it what would be that single pivot. Um, but if if say for example Leeds were looking for uh, a I mean, I, I keep using the word steady, but it probably is the best way to describe him. Um, you know, instead of playing two very attacking number eights, you know, maybe playing a bit more of a dedicated number 10 who transitions to an eight and a six that transitions to an eight, um, an eight that transitions to a six rather, then I think that Coke Miners would fit in quite well there. It's just whether the mechanics and the dynamics of that would work. But yeah, yeah certainly, certainly as a player, I, I do very much like him. I rate him very highly. I think his ceiling is much higher than the Air Divisi. Um, so, yeah, um, I'm, I'm not on, on, by the way, on him being captain. I, I may, I may know <laughs> captains of every club, but uh, I don't know the, the, the single day, the game or the day that he, um, he, he became captain, that he was finally given the armband. Sorry to disappoint you, Josh, but um, <laughs> I don't have that off the top of my head. That's you put me really, put me really on the spot there. We'll quiz you on the next episode. Uh, mate, we'll, we'll have a list was, of that captains. Wasn't and, I, that wasn't. <laughs> That wasn't what I was meaning, but I've I've made a right muppet of myself there. But no, no, no. There we go. I thought I think um, yeah, interesting. You saying sort of about the sort of mobility thing because I that that's what I've got as I guess my concern uh, with with him. Uh, I'd say sort of out of this uh, list that we've got, he's probably the least agile on the ball. Um, but I think what he what he does is. Um, he moves the ball quickly so that he d- he doesn't need to sort of have snappy turns and and things like that he just he's just calm in possession and keeps the ball moving um but defensively um yeah i he's he's not going to cover the ground that that Dallas is is covering i think we know that um but it's not to say that he's sort of lumbering or slow or or can't do the job it's just that i don't think he would do um that role uh to the same uh ability i guess in terms of the covering ground every blade of grass uh in in midfield um but i do think he's very aggressive in terms of going to win the ball very physical um and i know for a fact that um victor Orta has described him as a as a warrior in terms of 
<laughs> going to going to win the ball. So he's That's liked not hyper, in hyperbolic he's at all. <laughs> <laughs> not like Victor at all to be hyperbolic. But, <laughs> I think he was talking about him as a centre back when he. I think he, this, if you want hyperbole, I believe he called him like a young Sergio Ramos uh, in, <laughs> in, in, that, in that regard. Mm. Um, yeah, he's very much. Um, I know a lot of people don't like the the phrase quarterbacking role, but he very much plays in that quarterbacking role for for RZ. Also for for the Netherlands yesterday was dropping out a lot to the left hand side of the of the field, filling in behind Mitchell Backer, pushing forward, um, and and just sort of dictating from from there. And I think um, there was a lot of criticism of him after the game yesterday online. And I think you know he's he's expected to do a huge amount of influence of the game from actually quite a uh, deep part of the pitch. Um, I guess I'm interested in a couple of things. One is to what extent do you you sort of lose um, his edge to a, to an extent by having him play further forward, um, and the other one I guess would be um, in terms of ball carrying because that's a, again something I think that that Dallas does really well. Uh, in that he can pick the ball up and he can just progress it um, through 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 sort of running into space. And as as you said, Josh, he's a he's a mobile player, uh, and it's it's great to have that as an option. So I'm interested in both of your thoughts on that. I'll start with you, Joe. Um, what do you make of those two things? Like, do we lose the the, the sort of um, dic- dictatorial? That sounds. I don't think that's the right word because it makes him sound <laughs> like Mussolini or something. But. Um, <laughs> you know, that ability to just sort of sit deep, pick the ball up. And as you said, Josh, he, he, if he's put under pressure, he can just move the ball on quickly. Uh, but if he's given space and time, he can he can um, progress the ball um, quite nicely like, either way. Um, do, do we do we lose that by playing him slightly further forward? And, and I guess the second the second one being like, how do you rate him as a ball carrier? I think in, in terms of the, the dictatorial role, the, the warrior <laughs> that Coke Miners is, um, you know, I think... In terms of if you were going to start him in a midfield, you've got that that trio where you had you have Phillips as the pivots, the single pivots sitting at the base, and then you'd have Cope Miners as as the the six slash eight um, in the middle alongside probably Rodrigo. You'd think. Um, I think in terms, I'm looking at that and I'm thinking, well, you know, he's not an elite level ball carrier, but I mean, a lot of sides do get by without that. I think when you have ball carriers like Luke Ayling and potentially a left back who's, a, who's in a depth ball carrier, then that means that you can perhaps have players who are a bit more passive in that sense, um, who are predominantly progressive passers in the middle because, you know, you can funnel it down down the wings. Um, and especially with players like Rafinha, um, if, you know, Jack Harrison, both players who like to come inside, it's not as if, you know, the entirety of your build-up would be hinging on players who are, you know, t- you know tending to, to stick wide. Um, I... I, I would just wonder about the mechanics of playing with Coke Miners and Phillips in the same team because, you know, you've got two, I mean, you've got two quarterbacks there. I mean, I hate the term. I, I really can't stand it because maybe it's because I've heard Steve Bruce describe John Joe Shelby as that so many times. But, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't quite describe him as a quarterback or an athlete, but, you know, that's beside the point. Um, I think having those two, you know, Coke Miners is very similar to Phillips in that sense. And, I mean, do, is it sort of the law of diminishing returns when you have two of those players in the same position, essentially, or trying to sort of put Coke Miners a little bit further forward because you think that he's going to be good with his line-breaking passes? I mean, I don't know. I, I, I personally would prefer a progressive carrier, somebody who's typically a, a, a you know a lot better at progressive carrying, who's a, 
a lot more mobile, who can you know drift through lines, who can progress the ball sheerly um, simply by getting on the end of runs like Dallas does. Um, because you know, we know that Bielsa really isn't going to change his setup. Um, so while Copeminers and Phillips as a as a double six would be great in terms of ball progression, you know, it, as as a six and eight and a ten, does it necessarily work? I'm not entirely sure, um, but I think it would be an interesting experiment to say the least. Mm. Before I come back to you on this, Josh, we did have one. Of, we'd have a comment in the chat from Aiden and Abbotton who says, "Could Copeminers play as a?" center back in a back three which is something we we talked about actually a little bit in the chat um but i'll let you respond to joe as well but if you could if you could touch on that too de- definitely he could do that i mean that, that's um that's what he played that in his second season uh for rz uh, i think playing on the left of a three um but yeah he would certainly be that for us the left the left side of a three um I, I don't think him being able to do that is in doubt. It's just not what we're after uh, here. Hmm. But yes, about, he, he could do it. And what what about the the ball carrying stuff? Um, I think it's a it's definitely a fair question, and um, he he's not uh, out of this list here. He's definitely not on the top uh, of that. But I think I don't think that it's something that he can't do. Um, but maybe he wouldn't be carrying the ball through a lot of pressure. It might be more like he could he could happily carry it forwards if there's um, if there's space basically rather than sort of um, yeah w- one of these players that we're going to talk about that's probably one of his main skills um, which we definitely can't say that about Coat Mainers. And then just touching on I guess the 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 value we've got Coat Mainers down as as twenty six million on five yards. You think that's a little bit toppy, Josh? Right? I do, um, which is funny because. Uh, it's basically me <laughs> that's, um, that's caused that price to be to be that. But um, yeah, I think I, that feels a little bit toppy to me. I, I feel like he might be um, available more, more like twenty-two, maybe. That's mm. that's where that's where my instinct is. Anyway, I don't know what you think about that, Joe. Um, I mean, twenty-six million is always going to be sort of a, a high figure for any player leaving the Eredivisie, particularly one who isn't sort of an attacking player where you typically would see more extravagant sums. Um, so, yeah, I'd, I'd probably agree with that assessment. Really. Hmm. Well, let's move on to talk about our next player, who is uh, Manuel Locatelli, who is a, a player at. Uh, Sassuolo in Serie A. Uh, I have the pleasure of being able to talk about Manuel Locatelli and I've had a great uh, time spending hours watching him back. Uh, it's a player I really, really like. For those of you who don't know him, he he started out in the Atalanta youth system uh, before moving into, into Milan as a, as a young player as well. He's got 48 appearances for Milan, but um, Paolo Maldini decided he didn't like him and so he was sent out on loan to Sassuolo who have uh, ended up spending the money for him and he's he's now had a, a good um, number of appearances for them as well. I think at Milan, they probably regret selling him uh, having seen how well he's played since then. Sassuolo are currently in um, eighth in Serie A. They play 
something between a sort of four two three one, which can sometimes look like a four four two and a three four three as well. Uh, although they don't do that so much these days, and he plays as a double pivot in that two man midfield um, in both systems. So he'll either be in the double pivot in the four 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 two four two three one, or in the two man midfield in the three four three. Um, so again, we're we're talking about a player who has largely played as I suppose uh, a little bit of a deeper lying player during his career. Um, this season, he has had 27, uh, 25 appearances for um, for Sassuolo. I was looking through their their um, their season, and they've only played one game outside of Serie A games, which was a, a Coppa um, Italia loss to Spal in the uh, round of sixteen. Um, he didn't even play in that game, and he missed another game because of an injury. Uh, no, because of a suspension, and so as a result of that, he's only had twenty five appearances in Serie A. So. Um, I guess a, a player who, weirdly, in the current scenario, in the current climate, has not actually played a huge amount of, of minutes recently. But looking at his statistics, it's is very interesting. I've looked at both this season and last season. Um, one of the things I noticed in all the players that we've looked at is that their pressures this season are down quite a bit, which I, I suppose worried me a little bit because of uh, because of what we were talking about before. Um, but actually, looking back, Locatelli was putting up uh, about seventeen pressures per ninety uh, last season. Um, which is now down at like 13.5 pressures per 90 this season, which is around what Calvin Phillips puts up, sorry, the, the 17 upwards. I think Phillips is around 20 per 90, um, just from the top of my head. If you look at actually his performance in, in pretty much every area, he's just a standout player. Um, he's he's good at going forward. He um, he's, he's got decent expected assists, gets into the final third a lot. He has really good forward passing. He is he has really good long passing as well. Uh, and his tackles um and tackle well, his volume of tackles and his tackle success rate are, rate are through the roof this season as well, which is really good to see. In terms of his style of play, I've split it into defensive and offensive again. Um in terms of one v one defending I think Locatelli is a solid defender. Um, I've already mentioned his volume of tackles and his success rate. Um, I think indicates that he's he's obviously a good uh, tackler. Um, I think if he was playing in a Dallas-esque role as well, he would be fine defensively. I think he's he he plays in a system where you largely have to do that sort of zonal um, defending, where you you have to you, you track your player when they drop deep, but then when they push forward, you can leave them to go a little bit, which is what we've seen Dallas doing this season. Um, in terms of transition. Uh, Locatelli does a very similar job to Calvin Phillips, I think. So in defensive transition, he's dropping with players and forcing them wide. And then when they go wide, he drops into the back line to help out. Um, I think he's probably a little less agile than Calvin Phillips, but I think it's pretty close either way. Uh, and I would have absolutely no problem him playing in the defensive midfield position in, in that respect. Um, he's one of those players, I think, who has deceptive pace insofar as you know they look he's he's a tall guy he's fairly well built similar to Cope Mainers and um, I think sometimes that can give the impression that they're a bit slow and a bit lumbering and I, I don't think that's the case I think he's got a good top speed and uh, I don't think there would be any issues with him in, in transition obviously at Leeds you're expected to do a lot more running which I suppose would be a, another problem to, to talk about but I think he would be fine in that respect and and then in terms of positioning I think he's a, a really smart player but it's um it's kind of hard to get a handle on the quality of his positioning when you playing as part of a double pivot sitting in front of a defense um but uh, i i again I, I think he's a smart player so i don't think that would be too much of an issue 
And, and then offensively, um, his progressive passing, both short and long, is really good, um, similar to, to Cope Maynard's. Um, <clears throat> he's, he's, I don't think his ball striking is as good as Cope Maynard's, but I don't think many people in world football have ball striking as good as Cope Maynard's. Um, he's also very good with both feet, which I think is important. And um, I think he's, unlike Cope Maynard's, I think he, he can, he's one, both good at that quick short passing to get out of uh, trouble but he's also someone who can shift the ball and get out of trouble as well um in terms of the build-up which i think is uh important for for the the both the dallas and the calvin phillips position um sassuolo build up similar to Leeds with the with the dms helping in the build-up and then trying to feed the ball into the wide areas so he would be fine in that regard um and i think they go maybe a little bit more central more often than Leeds, but i think locatelli with his progressive passing is really good in that regard as well my big worry, I guess, um, at first was was sort of carrying, as we talked about in the last question. But I spent a lot of time today just watching as many dribbles and carries that I could find on Y Scout, and actually think that Locatelli's pretty good at carrying the ball. Um, and in that respect, I could see him playing the, the the role that Dallas has played this season quite well. He does get dispossessed sometimes, especially when he's slowed down on the ball. So if 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 a player can get him to slow down and then uh, and then attack him when he's static, um he's he can be a little bit vulnerable. But I think once he's moving, um he's got an okay top speed and he's much more press resistant than Dallas um in that respect as well. <clears throat> and then I mentioned earlier that wide play is quite important. And um, I noted that Locatelli does actually move into wide areas quite a, a lot of the time. Um, has a decent crossing ability, and I can see him fitting into that wide um, that wide eight role quite well as well. So helping out with build up in between the the fullbacks and the and the wide players as well. So in that respect, I I think that Locatelli is a, a pretty decent option um, for this this kind of position. And I would be interested to hear what you guys have have to say. Who's going to take? Who's going to take the bait? Is it going to be me yeah. or Hobbs? <laughs> you go first, mate. Yeah, well, I mean, with Locatelli, I think he's a, he's a very combative player. I think that's what we, you know, one of the first things that stands out. You know, he's, he's very rangy. Um, which interesting that you mentioned. You know, you went and watched um, sort of his his carrying, John, because that was sort of one of the things that watching Sassuolo last season. I did think was actually probably one of his strong suits was that he was able to just open his legs and he would be able to carry um, through pressure, through um, through midfield. Um, and I, I think it, in terms of comparisons to Colt Miners, you know, we, I, I think if you, if you shedded maybe about five, 10 pounds off Colt Miners and, <laughs> and maybe he grew his hair out a little bit, I think you might have Locatelli there because they are very, they're similar in that sense, but I just think that Locatelli is a bit more slender, a bit more athletic, a bit more willing to be that that Dallas type player where where you know you probably gonna, he's going to pick up the ball, he's going to open his body up straight away, and he's going to be looking up for that for that run. He's going to take it forward as opposed to Cope Miners, whose first thought is going to be right. Where can I where can I ping this? Um, so I think in the one the one thing about Locatelli is that you know you've got Sassuolo who are a team who, I mean, yeah, eighth in Serie A, who you know could could make a push for um for, for European football. Um, I don't think it would be too much of an issue trying to lure him to Leeds because obviously there's the you know this your your profile increases when you become a Premier League player, of course. But with these t- sorts of Italian players, I think it's less common as you might see in France or Spain or Germany or the Netherlands, for example, that they would leave Italy. Uh, and 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 come to 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 England and come to the Premier League to play in in that role. I think it's it's, it's a lot more prevalent from players in other nations in other top five leagues um, to come over. So I think 
if, if there's not an incredible offer for Locatelli, both in terms of fee, both in terms of what Leeds can offer him, um, then I, I, I think it would be difficult to, to bring him to the club because at the moment he's got a pretty solid setup. He's an integral member of this Sassuolo squad. It's it's very much on the up. It's got like lots of young talent. You know, your Raspadori's up front, Jeremy Boga, um, Mert Mulder on on the wing. Like you know, there's there's, there's talent there. Um, so I think it would have to be a, a real sell of a project um, to to get him to to come across. I don't know what your thoughts are on on that. To be honest, the other thing to mention as well is that that Locatelli will be in. He'll be a, a, an asset this season, which a lot of this summer that a lot of clubs will be looking at, and a lot of very good clubs. So, got an extract here from Five Yards, um, asking what what club he would be perfect for, and they and um, yeah, Manchester City uh, being named there is is hardly going to inspire us that we're going to be able to pit them to to a player like Locatelli. Um, and obviously, the last line there, I have no doubt that Locatelli will be playing for one of the Europe Europe's elites next season um, as, as well. So, I do think that that Locatelli is. Is is going to be in demand? I think that he's good enough to play Champions League football, no questions asked. Um, and I think you know this is very much a, a, a scenario like I, I suppose, like the Rafinha scenario, where you've just got to sort of pray to the gods of football that that no one comes in with an offer if you want if you wanted to get a player like this. But Josh, what do you make of of the the, the possibility of getting a player like Locatelli? Yeah, uh, I think my instinct is that he would be out of all of these, probably the hardest one to get. Um, and yeah, he's definitely not coming to uh, to sit on the bench uh, if, if, if we were to get him. Um, whereas even, I mean, I don't think, uh, I don't think Coat Mainers would, would come and, and sit on the bench, but equally it would still be a move um, to a, a higher level league and probably the, the best league. Uh, whereas he's he's outside of the top five leagues, um, and although uh, Samare is playing for uh, the leaders of of Ligue 1, uh he's he's not starting every game, so he might see a move as something that he would want. Whereas I think Locatelli, you've got to really convince him that um, you're going to come and be an integral part of this team. So it would really need to be uh, you're going to be the starting eight. But you'll drop in to to DM as and when we need you, and then you, he has to ask, "Do I want to play that role? I'm pretty comfortable playing this role that I'm mm-hmm. that I'm already playing for Sassuolo." Um, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I, in terms of how I feel about him as as a player, um, yeah, incredible high volume passer. Um, that's that's the thing that I got sh- straight away from him. Like you know, you could trust him to. Um, to carry the majority of your possession, that he could always keep the ball moving for you. Um, and I did actually note down myself that, that um, it's he's really good and can carry the ball through through pressure because he's he's such a sort of a passer. That's the thing that strikes you first of all. But uh, yeah, I, I had down that that he can do that. He can shift his body weight quickly, move the ball from one foot to the other, and, and get past a man. I've got down that I think defensively disciplined could do that really well uh it's, it wouldn't be like at those times where we saw um Rodrigo and, and Cleek uh, both playing in the midfield together both running ahead of the ball and then we lose it in transition and it's it's a nightmare uh, you're not going to see that uh, if if he's there um I have more questions about his mobility defensively than 
than I did uh, for code mainers. I know you've sort of already said um, it's easy to sort of fall into the, the trap of how he sort of runs aesthetically, but maybe I have done that. But I felt that um, I feel that he has a bit of a robotic running style. Do you know what I mean? Like it, he's sort of a bit, he looked a bit rigid in the way that he moves. Uh, so whereas you, you sort of see Dallas like going around the field like a whippet. So it'd be interesting uh, whether he could do that. I think it would be interesting to see sort of how how the other thing players... I've got down is he's another one who's hard. Sorry, Josh. You, sorry, Joe. Sorry, Joe. I thought you finished, but I was just going to say I think it would be very interesting to see how these players because you know it's it's not as though Stuart Dallas was was a was was an incredible middle distance athlete before he um, started working under Marcelo Bielsa. You know, I, I think it would be interesting to see how a player like Locatelli, if he was to be coached by a manager. Um, for you know an extended period of time like like Bielsa even just a full a full preseason you know we we know how much um how the, the the demands that Bielsa places on sort of body fat percentages and and high speeds and that sort of thing i think it's it'll be it'll be intriguing to see how he would develop these players um f- sort of physiologically um, as in in the same way, because you know we're looking at Mateus Clicks, who's covering more ground than every player every every single game. We're looking at Stuart Dallas's, who Josh is talking about there, who you know doesn't seem rigid or robotic. He just seems to glide. And I'm you know I think you'd be hard pushed to find any Leeds player who isn't in the best nick that they have that they ever have been. Um, so you'd have to think that if you were willing to spend X amount of money on an addition, it would be because you think that they are capable of getting on board physically with the demands that the, the coach is going to want. Yeah, I think this is a really good point because I think both with Cope Mainers and Locatelli, the only players we have in the lead squad with similar body shape and build are centre-backs. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what that's what it comes down to, right? Which is why I guess I was suggesting maybe, you know, Cope Mainers. It's fine playing them in the in that d- defensive midfield position, I think, because Bielsa sees that as a sort of third-ish centre-back um, who's, who's, who's fairly mobile, both of which those players would be. The big question is how they would fit into a system where they are expected to just run and run and run and run and I think you know the more the bigger you are the more weight you're carrying necessarily and you can be the fittest in the world but I guess if Bielsa considers you to be not um, up, up, up to the ability of going backwards backwards and forwards um, you know in a sort of thankless task approach then then that will probably count against you but let I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. 
let's move on. I think we, in terms of the the, the interest of, of of time, I, I want to give you a, a, a decent chance to talk about Sumare Joe because I think he's quite a different player from these two. So I'm, I'm quite keen that we have some discussion of him. Yeah, well, Sumare is. You know, he's he's a player that I've I've, I've liked for quite some time. Um, obviously, you know, involved with the French under twenty one setup. He's in you know one of the the, um, the the integral players at Lille. He has been over the past two years. Um, you know, he's he flits in and out of the team, but you know, I I I think they're better with him um, than without him. Um, and I think there are quite a few. I mean, I say quite a few. There are probably about three or four main facets to his game, and you know, it's his distribution, his his ball carrying, um, and and his defensive output. Um, I think they're sort of the three um, the three main things that stick out when you watch uh, Bubakari Sumari. Um, and I, first of all, I'll, I'll go with his distribution because um, it's obviously, if we're looking at a, a number eight who can sort of drop in and play as a six if needs be, then I think, you know, distribution's a, a big, big talk, a, a big point that you're going to need to, a big box that you're going to need to tick. Um, and you know, I think he he wins my vote in that sense because you know he he has he is a top level distributor over a variety of distances. You know he he has that range. He has the Coke Miners range. He has the Phillips range. Um, you know ranks very highly for for through balls for for those switches that we see so often. Um, he's I think he averages eight. It's something like eight or nine passes into the final third per ninety. Um, according to fbref.com. Um, seven progressive passes per 90. So, you know, you're putting yourself in sort of the top 5% of midfielders across Europe's top five leagues with those sort of statistics. So I think in a team who, you know, dominate possession even more, then there's the potential that that would scale up even further. Um, one of the things that about about Matthias Click that, that I really like is that he's very good at receiving under pressure. Um, he, you know, he doesn't seem as though he's overawed when he's being harassed on the ball. Um, and that's one thing that I, I quite like about Sumari as well. You know, he's very adept under pressure, um, still makes those passes. Um, and, and, you know, being able to receive in the middle of the pitch, you know, there's, there's no point having a Calvin Phillips or a uh, turn cup manners behind you if, the passes that they're playing into the midfielders, into number eight, is just going to be squandered immediately. You know, you need to have sure footing in there. Um, and I think that Sumare is certainly that type of player who is going to take the ball, has that 360 vision, um, very comfortable playing off both feet. I mean, he is predominantly right-footed, but he's he's both-footed, really. You know, he, he's, he's got that 360, um, you know, ability. He's got a, a full turn in circle. Um, and, and that's even before we get onto sort of his ball carrying. Um, and you know he is he is a progressive carrier by nature, um, as well as a bit of a progressive passer as well. So you know, there's I think there's there's he's multi talented, multifaceted. Um, you know, he's a, he's a dual asset there. The only issue that I've got with Sumari is that in terms of his defensive output, his pressing is my main concern. Um, you know, it's probably the one area where you think, mm, well, you know, am I going to spend the 30, 40 that could be demanded on a player who's, you know, very easy on the eye in terms of with the ball, but, you know, might not be at the required fitness level or required work rate of a Bielsa team and sort of at the very least might require a lot of work to get up to speed. Um, because, you know, I mean, if we just compare it by in terms of PPDA, Lille's is around 10 whereas Leeds is around 6.5, 6.75. So there's an explainer as to sort of, I mean, it's a bit of a, bit of a get out of jail free for Sumari in terms of his low pressing stats, but it, it, it goes to show why his pressing numbers are a bit lower. But if you are looking for him to come in as a number eight, then those pressures need to come up a, a long, long way because at the moment 
he's on around 11 per 90. And given that Lille tend to share a similar amount of possession to Leeds, then, you know, he's not as sort of straight on, straight on it, straight on the opponent when Lille give up the ball because he's on 11 per 90, clicks on 21 pressures per 90. So it's a big jump. And I think it's, it's maybe not one that you could breach, uh, that you could broach or remedy in, in one pre-season. So I think there's, there's room for improvement and, Obviously, we're talking about young players here, so of course there's there's room for for him to be molded. But it's it's whether you spend a certain amount of money on a player who perhaps isn't the best at what is essentially a key key part of of this eight slash six role. Mm. Yeah, the, the the pressing side is is really interesting because I think of the four players that we looked at, Sumari is the most mobile, the most agile, mm-hmm. and the most athletic. Um, and I guess that was my, that was my big question with him is that it is is all well and good being agile and mobile and whatever, but it, it, it's what you do with that agility and mobility, and um, that mm-hmm. would be the. I, I, on the one hand, yes, I, I think you're you're right insofar as you know the, the team style that he's playing in isn't anything like Leeds at the moment, um, but I do feel as though there is potential that he could be be sort of molded into that position. Yeah. As you said, whether or not it would take. A preseason or, or more, as you said, uh, I don't, I don't know. But one, I think one thing that is certain is that you know we've we 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 do need to make sure that we have the right personnel in that midfield too, because we really suffer from I think having Rodrigo and Dallas and, and Click in in the same midfield, and, and to an extent with Dallas as well, because as we've said, you know Dallas doesn't press as much as as anyone else in our midfield um he he is a little bit more zonal he is a little bit more circumspect uh, and the big question for me is whether or not we carry on with that do we carry on with a player who is a little bit more circumspect in 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 pressure in 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 defensive pressure or do we ideally want to be at a point where we can have two players who are just both at that highest level of elite pressing um, and, and go from there. I'll, I'll move this over to you, Josh, because I'm interested in your take in, in all of this. How, how do you see um, Samari as a, as a defensive player? Yeah, I, I did notice um, that that he didn't press as much, although I, did, I thought that um, I thought that he looked as uh, a good enough presser in in the team that he was in, like where he needed to. I felt that he did do uh, do that. Although I watched, um, I had more issues actually in some of his um, maybe defensive awareness more than his pressing. Uh, they uh, Leo lost to Ajax in the Europa League, and um, he let he let his man sort of run off the back of him. Uh, to get the assist uh, for Brian Brobby's uh, winning goal. Um, and that, that was a little bit of a red flag to me because obviously as a, um, in a man marking system, you've got to be aware of where your, mm-hmm. your man is all the time. And obviously that he wasn't playing a man marking role there, but he just didn't seem to be aware at all that, that he had, I think it was Davy Clarson running in behind him. He, he's not the most uh, incredibly mobile uh player there um but he got completely caught out by him uh, so that was a bit of an issue for me but i would still say that i think to play the eight uh samare is actually my favorite mm. yeah and I, I, we should point out as well that um this this season his pressing is down at whatever 10.2 this season per 90 uh the previous season it was up at 16.2 which is still below average mm-hmm. still concerning i think but uh, what's so interesting about this season is how 
so much of teams other than Leeds have just dropped their pressing right back because of uh, the pandemic and and because of the I guess the great aggregation of games that that they've had. So I do think that there there's there are signs there that he could do that. Um, and I, I suppose that would be um that would be my concern whether or not you can get a player like that into into a, a pressing system and and a. a, a I guess an aggressive pressing system as well. Um, I, I don't, again, I'm with Josh on this. I think of the players that we've looked at, he's the most naturally an eight yeah. um, in the sense that we're talking about. Um, so I guess the, the, the corresponding question there then has to be, how do we think that he would be if he played as a, as a defensive midfielder? How do you think that he would be as a, as a DNJ? Um, well, I think you'd have to be very aware that, you know, he's, Perhaps not going, but you know, in the same way that when you had Click and Rodrigo and they, they were both ahead of the ball, then you'd have to have awareness in your defense that sometimes Sumara would not be tucking in as that third central defender because a lot of his defensive work does come in the middle third um, for Lille so that he's it, it, his autopilot is going to be engaging a bit higher up the pitch. Um, and obviously, when you engage higher up the pitch, there are more t- up, up, more opposition teammates, and there's more space for them for for your opponent to bypass you. So I think again, that would be another area where I'd, I'd perhaps think that maybe there needs to be some coaching. But as you, as you both said, as an eight, I think probably the best fit athletically and also in terms of sort of just the full package in terms of his distribution. Um, I, I certainly think that in terms of scalability, as you were saying there, John, with the 16 pressures last season per 90, I think that he is the player who scales up the best. It's just whether, you know, it, it, yeah, if the question is, I'm, I'm turning the question back on you, but the question <laughs> is, could he could he do the, the deputy role in the six? Honest answer, I don't know. Uh, I think, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd have to see him as a single pivot, which he just hasn't played enough of. Yeah, it's it's really tricky with with some of these players as well because when you play because all of these players are sort of playing as pivots uh, in 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 the build up that they play, but they're given huge amounts of time and they drop in and and they're not expected to do the defensive work that Phillips is expected to do. So it's a really unique position that we're looking for in terms of a of a defensive midfielder, which I think um, complexifies issues. But given the given the interest of time, I, I do want to give Josh some time to talk about Max Bird, who I think is a, a really interesting uh, other we've option. The price. Of uh, Samari, yeah, though. yeah, we haven't talked about it. so Samari is what 20 is it 22 million? No, he's um, 26 as well, 26. 26 or 26.5. Okay. Yeah, um, and I don't think I mentioned um Locatelli's price at 20 million, which is way below, I think, what we would say market value was as well. But um, yeah, what do we what do we make of Samari for 26 million? It a, a bit, seems a little bit low to me, perhaps. I think it's low because we've seen the price tags that have been quoted for him beforehand. Um, if if that w- if this is the sort of the first time that we discussed price tags or seen any Sumari price tags, I think we'd probably say that's probably quite fair for a player who is at the top of Liga at the moment. You know, Champions League, Europa League experience. Um, you know, probably playing is probably playing his way into um, a, a better team at if not Liga level, but at a, at a, a a better top five European league. Um, so yeah, I'd probably say it's a fair price. Hmm. Well, let's move over to you now, Josh, because um, you want to talk a little bit about Max Bird. Yeah. So he's a bit more the uh, young option, uh, maybe to play uh, a few. Uh... Well, we seem to have lost you, Josh. Um, 
I guess we'll wait and see what what happens. I think he'll probably drop out and um, and pop back in again. But in terms of Max Bird, yeah, what what Josh is saying there is that um, Max Bird is the is the young option um, that Phil Hayes been talking about a lot. Um, we've seen in in recent. Um, we've seen him talking about that in recent months, um, and I, I guess the big the big question there is what happens when um, you bring in a player to play as a backup to Calvin Phillips. Obviously, you can't bring in any of the players that we've been talking about because they are, you know, they're big, they're big, they're, they're players who are playing well at, at big size and are expecting, um, you know, hundred percent of the minutes available. Um, so, yeah, the big question with 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 that then is who do you bring in who is happy to sit on the bench and you obviously have to dip into the the championship there i think we've got josh back so i'm going to add him add him here i don't know if you could hear that josh but i was just i just I could sort of, hear i could yeah, hear cool. okay. can you um, hear me yeah yeah you're back now <laughs> that's good I, I feel like i could drop out again yeah no what do you, do, what so what's Flipping your take on, on on can, on can you can you get me if i if i talk i think yeah, you're I just think a you bit were just laggy. talking about him playing less of the minutes okay um, so I've, I think he's very tidy on the ball. Uh, I think you could trust him uh, with a high volume of possession, similarly to as I was saying about uh, Locatelli. Uh, good press resistance, but he's not going to be like turning midfielders inside out and carrying the ball through. Uh, he moves the ball sharply. He can shimmy away uh, to create space for himself, but he's, it's about his passing. Uh, so if he's spinning away, it's so that he can give the ball to a fullback or punch the ball through uh, midfield rather than, yeah, do a load of ball carrying. Whereas I think with Samare, you might see him turn someone inside out and stretch his legs through through midfield. Uh, he mostly plays short passes, but if he's got the space, uh, he will switch the play. Uh, he's probably not going to be um, doing that all game like you might see Calvin Phillips do or uh, Coat Miners would do. Uh, I think he's got good awareness uh, to find space and build up. Um, he's a good scanner. Um, he covers ground well, so I think he'd cope well uh, with the pressing. But my issues with him defensively, um, I don't know if he's quite aggressive enough uh, in, in going to win the ball. Uh, there was a goal recently uh, against Stoke where he got out to the man uh, and then he just sort of... I, he gave him too much space to to swing the ball in, really, rather than get out to the man and then go to make a challenge uh, and um, swung the ball to the back post and they scored. Um, and physically, he doesn't have the build uh, of these other players uh, that, that we've talked about. So I think um, I think he could be bullied a little bit more. So he could do with adding a little bit of muscle. He's tall, but fairly skinny. Uh yeah, that's that's what I've got for him. But I still feel that he would be um, someone I'd trust more in that role than, for example, a Jamie Shackleton. Mm. Yeah, I think the interesting thing with with Bird is that he probably feels again like one of these players who's maybe more of a defensive midfielder than an eight. Um, but I guess in this situation, you're not worried so much because you can just sit him on the bench and, and just use him as a backup to to Phillips entirely. He, he right? has played. He has played in in a. Uh, a few times that's one of the things that I liked about him that he's um I feel that he's more multifunctional than than some of the others he has played more of his minutes uh, as as a deeper midfielder but uh, I think he even started as as the furthest forward of a three uh recently I didn't particularly like him in, in that role but uh, as an eight I th- I'm I'm comfortable with him 
Was that a genius move by Rooney or? <laughs> yeah, yeah I I'll think come they to lost. You. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but that wouldn't really distinguish from any of the the results recently. But um, I'll come to you, Joe. What's what's your general take on 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 Max Bird? Uh, well, I think with Max Bird, I mean, it's pretty much everything that Josh has said. Really, you know, he's he's a tidy player. Um, I think he's he's good championship standard. I, I, I mean, I think he looks comfortable in possession. I think he'd he'd be fine in in a possession based team. Um, I, I think it would just be the off the ball stuff for me that would be where I'd maybe have a bit of a not concern, but just is this essentially the best use of resources? Um, because you know you've. We, we've, we've mashed him in here with the likes of Locatelli, Copeminers and, and Sumari. And I mean, no disrespect to Max Bird, but, you know, you you, you would pick any of the, the other three ahead of him um, if you if you sort of had an unlimited budget, wouldn't you? Because he, because they're simply they're just playing at a higher level. Um, and yeah, even Copeminers is playing in the Eredivisie, but, you know, he's playing European football, he's playing international football. Um with, I just think that if if you were going to have a a, a backup, a deputy for a, a number eight or a uh, a number six, pr- predominantly the number six, then if you were going to sign somebody, I, I, I don't know. I just feel like I'd rather have a high quality number eight deputising as a number six rather than somebody who is probably top level championship as as your deputy number six because you know you you yeah you just you're, you're limiting the the. The, what's the word? You're limiting the floor of your team. Um, uh, you're setting it quite low, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm, he's the youngest in this list. I'm well, well open to be proven wrong about him. Um, and yes, Derby, he's, he's not exactly playing in a great team at the moment. But I just think that if you have other options on the table, I'd, I'd be going. I'd be going with them. Mm-hmm. I guess the only response I, 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 I don't, have to I don't th- dispute any of that. Mm. The only response I would have would be that um, Calvin Phillips was in a similar position when Bielsa arrived at, true, true, at yeah. Leeds. Which I, again, you know, that's not that's not to say that Bielsa can sign anyone and make them into a good player. <laughs> by no means, don't get me wrong. But um, I, I guess that that has to be um, at the back of our minds. The other thing is is the price because I think Bird is down at twelve million in in, in five yards. So obviously that's much cheaper than. Um, than it would be if we were getting any any of these other players. Um, so I think that that um, comes into play as well. But yeah, I'll give you I'll give you the right to reply here, Hobbsy, just on on Joe's criticisms of Bird. Um, to be honest, I I agree with with a lot of it. Um, I've I suggested him uh, for this list sort of as the um, I guess the one that you would sit in there as your. Um, yeah, your your backup option if if you can't go get one of these uh, slightly more glamorous uh, names, uh, he's one that you might think think to to try as well. And particularly, um, is something that we've uh, that we've heard Phil Hay talk about Leeds potentially looking at a younger uh, player that they can mould uh, to sit behind Phillips. Uh, and I think we've all agreed that we don't think that either of these other three. Uh, are going to come and join Leeds and uh, and sit on the bench and sit behind Calvin Phillips, um, so they they have to start as the eight. Um, so yeah, I think he could start as the eight, but he wouldn't start anywhere near the amount of games uh, that that the others would. I'm conscious of the time, so I do want to quickly just run through the honourable mentions because I completely forgot to do it in the first episode. Uh, but the the names that people had been putting out one was uh, Zambo Angisa. 
um, at, at Fulham, which I think a lot of people, a lot of people like him because he's he's obviously a baller when you when you watch him play, and we've played against. Uh, Fulham a couple of times now, so you, you get a good chance to see him. Fulham for a long part of the season were potentially going down as well, so I guess that automatically makes you think that he might be available. Um, in, in terms of other players, um, a bit harsh on Joe there. <laughs> <laughs> Fulham were going down. I think you'll find they're still, they're still in the bottom three. They are. They are. They Just. are. And. Um, yeah, sorry, I've opened the right can of worms there. So I'll move Hobbsy on to just, do you want to talk a little bit about Shackleton? Because you're a massive fan of Shackleton and a lot of people would see him as a, a viable option here. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, um, yeah, I do love Shackleton. Um, and I, I, I did a whole like thread about him after he uh, played in midfield against Wolves and I thought he did a really good job uh, and then he got injured, uh, which seems to happen every single time. He comes in and plays well. He gets injured. I think he's low key the one of the most injury prone players in our team uh, because every time he gets a game in midfield and does well, and you think he's going to have a run of games now, his body doesn't let that happen. Um, and that's why we've seen Dallas play in midfield so many times. Um, and yeah, I actually think Shackleton, I would always be happy to have Shackleton as an eight. Uh, but I would not be happy to have Shackleton uh, as the six, so uh, I'm I'm ruling that out on on that um, that particular reason. And I think it, it could, if Leeds bought a couple of midfielders, it could be possible that that we might loan him out. I don't want to see that, but I think that is is a possibility. Hmm. Yeah. Did anyone else want to mention any other names that we could have considered here? Just on Shackleton, I feel like if we're just if we're putting Max Bird into the discussion. Um, who's predominantly going to play as a number eight, save yourself 12 million and, and play Jamie Shackleton instead. I think that he's shown enough that, yes, if he can stay fit, then I, I can't, I think you, if you bring in somebody like Max Bird, you, you, it's marginal gains as opposed to, to major gains. Um, and you, you're kind of splitting hairs at that point and you're, you're siphoning away minutes from Shackleton. You know, he doesn't get that many as it is. So bringing in a player who's probably at a similar, if not lesser level, um, than him, I, I just I think you you could maybe put that money elsewhere. Um, if I, to, yeah, I agree with that as a as an eight. I don't as, think as I agree. An eight, yeah, not as a six. I don't no. think I agree with that in defence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, should we talk about price then? Um, I'll I'll just sh- uh, shove the 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 price list up again. So yeah, ten coat main coat at twenty six mil. Uh, Bubakari Sumare at 26 mil as well. Um, Manuel Locatelli at the the laughable price of 20 mil, um, uh, and then Max Bird at at 12 mil. So where are we where are we going to go on these guys? Um, does someone want to kick us off in terms of order of preference? Let's let's go with you, Joe. What's your order of preference on these players? Oh, um, if we're, if we're going with um, based on those prices, then I'm, I'm finding it very difficult. To, to turn down Locatelli. I mean, that's not to say that I think that he would, first of all, be attainable for that price. And if he was, I don't think he'd come um, regardless. Uh, I mean, in the interest of realisticness, that's not it's not a word. Um, then, Reality? Uh, there we go. Uh, <laughs> if only there was a shorter variation. Um, <laughs> I think I'd be going with uh, Sumare as my, as my number one pick. Um, probably then Locatelli... Uh, and Coke Miners are probably very, very t- closely tied second, and then Max Bird fourth. 
Um, I think the extra six million for Sumari for somebody who can also play as the six is probably money well spent, in my my opinion. Hmm. Josh, yeah, I'd just say on the um, on the price thing because I I have a bit more of the insider info <laughs> in terms of the the prices, but I think partly uh, Locatelli comes out uh, quite cheap on five yards. Uh, because of not being a high contributor in terms of goals and assists, uh, whereas uh, Cope Maynard has boosted a lot. Uh, he's 15 goals from, from midfield this season. Um, and uh, also prices come through trying to predict a player's future. Um, so, yeah, uh, I would say Bird fourth, uh, and then I'm going Locatelli third, Coat minus second, and I, I also would pick Samare first because I think he's the most versatile. Mm. Yeah, I'm I'm very similar to that. I think I would reverse your order of the middle too, Josh. But I, look, I absolutely love Manuel Locatelli. I've had a great time watching him in the last few weeks. I love him so much. I've bought a Sassuolo shirt with his name on the back that I found on eBay. So <laughs> I'm I'm uh, yeah I'm irredeemable at this point. But I think there's a massive difference between loving a player and seeing how wanting them to play for Leeds, right? I, I would love to have Locatelli playing for Leeds, but I would love to have him playing in the defensive midfield position. That's never going to happen. That's not what's at stake here. Um, I'm the same with Coat Miners. I would I would love to have either of those two playing as as a six regularly in this team. Um, again, that's not going to happen. I This is probably blasphemy, but I think both of them are better than Calvin Phillips. Um, but we have Calvin, we, we have Calvin Phillips and... Yeah, I've got, I've got to do something to antagonise the fan base at some point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but look, Calvin Phillips is great and we've got him uh, and he's a great option as well. And and we, what we're talking about is, is bring, as you said, Joe, bringing the floor of the squad up. Uh, and I think for that reason, I would I would have to go with Sumari as well because I think he gives us something that the other two don't have. Uh, and the other two have something which just overlaps so much with Phillips that, that it just becomes, it would be irresponsible squad building I think to to bring any of the other two in unless you were anticipating that Phillips was going to be moving on um so yeah I think it's funny because I think before we started this episode Josh was expecting us there to be a fair amount of uh of disagreement on 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 this but I think this has all come down to the fact that that Sumare is going to offer more in that eight position than the other three players uh, and as as a result of that that he's he's got to be the sort of player that that we are we are looking for. So, yeah, I think um, that means that we've bought Sumari, right? So yeah, when... I'll buy him tomorrow morning when the transfer market opens. Hmm. Yeah, and hopefully in the next few weeks we'll start getting some performance pay in as well, so we can talk a little bit about what our squad's looking like uh, with that. But I think that brings us to the end of this week's episode of Orta's List. We'll be back again in two weeks' time to talk about attacking midfielders. But until then, if you're interested in finding out more about Five Yards, do check out their website. Go to fiveyards.link forward slash A-S-A-W and search for uh, and, and have a play around on the website there. But all that remains for me to do is to bring this to a close i've had a great time it's been great chatting to you guys it's always great having having the time and and um, uh, the, the wherewithal to just have these sorts of conversations with with people who've spent a lot of time just watching a player in in great detail so i've really enjoyed that so thank you for that uh, so yeah all that remains for me to do is to say thank you to joe no thank you very much for having me i hope that we've um, saved a few people from 
listening to Lee Dixon describe San Marino players as mannequins, apparently. Got a text <laughs> from one of my friends, Nathan, um, midway through that, saying that that was just not on. And I agree, I don't think it's on. Um, but yeah, I hope we've saved a few people from, from that. But no, it's been an absolute pleasure to to join you guys again um, and, mm. and really chew the fat on some, some sixes slash eights. And do check out uh, the stuff that's going on over at Scouted Football as well and Leeds Live as well, where where you can find Joe. Uh, And Josh, it's great to have you on again. Uh, Thank you for chatting. Cool. Enjoyed that. So, yeah, no, same. So, all that remains for me to just say goodbye to everyone. So, goodbye, guys, and we'll see you in two weeks' time. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.